You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Thank you for tapping into some untapped keg, episode 45. I'm one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman, here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. You probably are feeling pretty good, aren't you, today, big guy? Uh, Internet fish issues yeah, figured yeah. out? Uh, feeling really good, man. Feeling good. I am um, hardwired in. So, you know, again, we always state that we appreciate everybody being patient with us uh, <clears throat> as us two amateurs figure out which platform is going to be the best, how audio is going to sound, how the video is going to look. And uh, I think we might I think we might got it right now. So things are uh, well on my end, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I actually feel a lot better about the, our audio and everything. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to, they've been doing it for six years and every once in a while they still have issues. So, you know, <clears throat> We're still figuring out this OBS thing and uh, making our own scenes. And we got um, one day we'll have like graphics popping up, like audio issue, audio issue, be like a throwback or, uh, or we'll throw up, uh, you know, our new sports podcast started this week or it's still, the channel's still not up, but we have the pilot up on um, our main channel. Um, That was a fun, that was really fun. And I feel like it, I feel like having that will really open up this podcast too to other things that we want to talk about. Like, right. you know, we loved we love to talk to each other about sports, and uh, I don't know. I think that when we talk about sports, it's like two buddies just at the bar uh, having a couple club sodas and BSing right. over it. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's and that that'll be the fun of it. But this podcast, we really felt that we were starting to get away from sobriety and how it's affecting our life and stuff. Um, so that's what this one's going to be about. And then kind of like our, our hobbies. So, uh, I guess, you know, let's kind of get into it. How, how was let's your week? It, let's do it, man. And I, I appreciate you mentioning that early on RJ and because, uh, cause yeah, we take, we, we, we take everyone's feedback back, uh, to heart and we really appreciate people, giving us feedback. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we were straying a little bit away from, you know, the reason why we started this. Um, I think it's going to be good to get back into that. Uh, but for me, man, what are we um, towards the, the end of the week really? And I guess in a whole, man, I've been, I've been doing really, really good, man, as a whole, been doing very good. Um, been doing very well. Um, you know, stressful, of course, Obviously, the start of the pandemic, we expressed all of our frustration, um, being annoyed, all that early on in our episodes. But uh, now, kind of, you know, I'm hoping we're we're kind of on that coming out of this bubble since, uh, in a sense. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm doing well. I've been staying true to my sobriety. I've been feeling really good. Um, you know, I kind of want to see how you've been doing, man. Um, you know, the start of the week was. Pretty good. Um, I can't really complain too much about work, uh, other than some people take it too serious. But that you'll have that. <laughs> uh, right. You know, I, I like to laugh and 
have some fun at my own expense. Some people take that serious. So, uh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch out a little bit when I do that, but I think you guys know that I like to joke around maybe a little bit too much. Um, yeah, you know what? I think part of the, part of the hope is, um, that it's, you, you could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. as far as the pandemic goes, you can, you can really see things that it may not be back to complete and total normal, but you might be able to go to the movie theater again. You might be able to take your kids to a store. You might be able to, uh, go to the trampoline park, you know, the indoor trampoline park. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, I've kind of felt bad because I haven't been able to take my kids anywhere fun, especially my youngest that doesn't know what it's like to go to the trampoline park and be able to run. Like he just knows what it's like to be held by mommy or daddy and uh, jumping a little bit and then watching brother have fun. So uh, I'm excited for that. That's a little bit stressful. I was actually, I didn't realize how stressed I was until last night. I was not sleeping good from like, Honestly, the entire week I didn't sleep very good. Um, well, oh, you know, watch out for the grammar police. I'm sorry, I didn't sleep well. Mm. Um, <laughs> my dreams were super like realistic. Uh, my anxiety got a little bit high uh, early in the week, and then, um, yeah, that during the game yesterday, I was super stressed too. Like. I've my stress reliever is cooking, and I cooked a lot this week, so um, that's one thing. But yeah, there were definitely there were definitely times where it's like you know a beer would be really nice right now, and but Agreed. can't can't really get that beer unless you're gonna have you know twenty with me. So I'm just not gonna even start. No, I, think, I think let's dive. I, I I think we should dive more into that um, because I you know I think. Like I said, we'd be doing a disservice not really explaining that and diving more into that. I, I want to hear more about, and then I'll chime in after after you obviously share, but uh, more about, you know, what is the thought pattern? What is the thought pattern for you when you get stressed? Like what, what kind of system do you go through in your mind? Because, uh, you know, obviously prior to you becoming sober, it was, Okay, I'm stressed. Boom, alcohol. Alcohol's right there. Alcohol was the first thing I went towards. Now, like right now, you you just stated that, you know, there were times where you thought, oh, a beer would feel taste really good right now. What got you to that? Like, what was that thought process? Like, okay, cooking is not helping my stress level right now. Um, I'm not getting any sleep, so that's obviously not helping my stress level. Uh, you know, trying to think of those hobbies that we have now that help for our stressors. What why didn't those work? You know what I mean? For you not to get to that point of, I want to drink. You know what well, I mean? I'm asking? Hopefully I drink. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't really trigger on how stressed out I was. I just thought it was, it was like normal daily stress, you know, like not getting a lot of sleep. Um, right. Things are ir- small things get a little bit irritating. So I'm more tired. Um, you just got, got some issues with, uh, you know, they thinking about the world that it is right now, like, uh, and it, I mean, honestly, and especially struggles of other people who don't look like me, um, you know, minorities, like marginalized people mm-hmm. trying to 
I just don't understand the mindset where you refuse to see the struggles. That gets to me a little bit. And then, like, I don't know why. I don't know why. I've I've tried to step away from being such a fan and letting it control my emotions. Like, if I notice that I'm starting to get more stressed out, I'll just walk away from a game. Like, I won't watch it. Um, yeah. But for some reason, this game, I just – I was so stressed out about it and I didn't realize it was the game that was stressing me out um, until it was over. And uh, I just, that was adding on top of it too. So when usually when I feel myself be really stressed, it kind of starts as like a knot in my stomach. And then um, like there was a couple times this week I didn't eat dinner. Like if I'm not eating full meals and I'm kind of just snacking that tells me I'm stressed about something. Um, and then if I'm short with my kids, like that kind of gets is another, um, is another trigger that I'm really stressed, but like it's the drive, like when I'm driving to and from work because it's a half hour, sometimes up to an hour. Um, and you just sit there and think, that's when I notice, uh, or that's when I start to think, man, a beer would taste really good right now. And usually when that happens, I'll stop and get them out and doing a little Debbie. And like, <laughs> that's kind of my vice now. Uh, I've cut like, I've, I've cut soda out a ton. Like I've, I've upped my water and I've dropped my soda for about a month now. And, uh, I feel <laughs> I have a lot more energy, even like without coffee. I have to do better on the weekends, but like I need to just continue to drink more water. Um, it's helped me out a lot. My body feel strong. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, when I I didn't like go to my usually my you know stress relief is sometimes cooking, but then also if. If, uh, you know, my, the house or the kitchen gets really messy, which is a byproduct of cooking that could add on to my stress. If I look over and I'm like, I don't really want to cook because I don't want to do these dishes and I don't want to, you know, make even more of a mess. Um, but like stories, like reading video games, obviously, um, and like good TV shows or movies, like a good story is a really big stress reliever for me. It makes my brain kind of get creative and um, it kind of, it opens it up a little bit, opens my brain up. It makes it focus on something other than, um, you know, what's going on right there. And it might be able to uh, trigger something that'll help me deal with the stress that's going on too. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my thought process and, yeah, it's just still every once in a while you're just like, you know, a beer would taste really good and that'd be pretty easy to stress relieve right. rather than having to figure out what you need at that moment in time. You know what's uh, – I, I appreciate you sharing that, man, because I think, yeah, I think it's, you know, us diving more in to this stuff I think is, is awesome and obviously it's, it's mutually beneficial for, for us, obviously for those listening, and I think – we have a lot of similarities, of course. For me, it's, um, you know, I believe I'm a little bit more impulsive than you are, which is my curse. And uh, Well, 
that's a learn. <laughs> I've learned to like hide those impulses a little bit more. Comes with age that's a true. little bit. That's true. But for me, it's, you know, my, my, you know, to get real serious here, my crutch for the longest, and I'm still working, I'm still working on it, obviously, like we always stated. It's a, it's a journey. You know, you you continuously learn more and more about yourself, the more and more you refrain from using and use the tools to help you to, to stay away from it. Um, for me, my crutch is fear of missing out. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest here. Um, for me, this year, 2020, or excuse me, last year of 2020, was easier for me because there were no bars that were open. There were no videos of people posting. My friends posting videos of them at the club, partying, drinking having a good time and stuff like that. It's uh, just to be completely 100% honest here. It was, I don't want to say easier as if it was an easy 2020. What I'm saying is, yeah, I had the urges, but they weren't as, I guess, heightened as they were in the past. Once I, you know, started to stop drinking. But what I'm getting at is for me, that fear of missing out really gets me. Um, something I'm still working on because I loved partying. Never really loved the taste of alcohol. I never really loved um, you know, I never drank by myself. Um, I loved the attention. I loved the, you know, the bottle service, the just that whole look at me, look at me thingy, which obviously is a significant insecurity issue um, in itself that I had to work through. But long story short, last year for me in 2020, um, that fear of missing out really wasn't, you know, weighing heavy on me because of the pandemic. Many people weren't out partying. Many people weren't posting on Snapchat their parties that they were at, Instagram their parties. So I guess what I'm getting at is social media can be a trigger as well. Oh, yeah. Social media can oh, be yeah. watching people party, watching people drink and stuff. Um, I think I would be lying right now to our listeners if I said I don't miss the partying. I wouldn't say I'm like yearning for it, but you know, I'm only four years in. I still got a long way to go, but it's it's I I'm I miss I guess that feeling is I'm still working on pulling myself, keep furthering, furthering, distancing myself from that lifestyle. You know what I'm trying to say here? It's it's well it's still I'm still working on it and that fear of missing out is something that I have to continuously keep working on. Um do you think eliminating do you think you'd be able to go to the club and hang out without drinking? Or do you think being there, you're, it's going to be overwhelming that you have to drink? I, yeah, see, I think I'm at that point now to where I think I honestly believe that I can be in an atmosphere um, and not drink. If everybody's drunk, I, I strongly believe that I can do it. Um, I've actually already done it before. I think in 2018. Was it, was it difficult? Was it easy? Did, uh, did you feel the... It is weird. <laughs> Did, did you feel like – so I'll go out with the guys after work sometimes, and I'll always right. buy a round. Like, they're always like, oh, why are you buying a round? You're not drinking. It's like, doesn't mean that I can't buy you guys one. Like, I'm not buying it so you guys can get drunk. I'm buying it because, you know, I appreciate, you know, being with you guys. Like, yeah. Um. So, and honestly, I appreciate their company. Like, we're friends. So, 
that's what you do. Right. Um, every once in a while, I'll be handing a beer and I'll catch a whiff of it. And unlike you, I <laughs> loved the taste of alcohol. Like, uh, you know, obviously not every alcohol, but <clears throat> right. Like, and especially beer. I really like beer. Um, especially good beer. But like a mil- if I, if I'm handing someone a Miller a Miller Light. That was my beer choice when I was drinking cheap beer, and I'll get a smell of it, and I'll Ow. be like, I'll go to put it, put it to my mouth, and I'll be, oh wait, no. And that was like the last time that the last time I almost took a drink of it. Um, that was like three, four years in. I haven't had yeah. that where I got it t- almost to my lips, and I'm like, wait, no. Like that was that when I caught myself, I'm like, that's old habit. That's a really old habit. Oh my. Goodness, how many times have I? I've probably done that like twenty thousand times. So it's gonna take just as long not to like you 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 smell it and you have it held in between your fingers and you're like, <laughs> I was like, oh my, that's what the, thing, the heck? That's the thing. Let's be honest here. That's the thing, man. I I our listeners deserve this. For me, it's. I never drank alone, but there's something I, 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 and I don't want people to misinterpret this when I say I miss it as if like, oh my God, I can't wait to get back to it. No, it's just um, someone who's in recovery. You know, it, it's, it's a, it's a journey. It's a process of continuously removing the, your emotions from it. For me, it was just complete bliss being at the bar at, you know, 2 PM on a Saturday, maybe even 1 PM on a Saturday, which that alone states that, you know, I had a problem um, watching some games while having a few beers right in front of me. Um, that that was something that um, I always did. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it became doing it on Sunday. It became doing it on Mondays uh, and Tuesdays when it was our days off from the, uh, of practice in the NFL. So, you know, I, 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 I guess what I'm getting at is for those who are tuning in, you know, we most definitely understand it. We get it. Um, we get it. We're in recovery. It's something that uh, we're still working on, pushing ourselves away from. Um, and I'm just glad that I'm in the position I am now, and I'm glad that we got this podcast. So back on the topic of stressors, and I'll let you take it over. For me right now, I'd say, I'd say my biggest stressor right now my biggest stressor right now is I need to buy a house. <laughs> but I do you to, really need to is the thing. That's true. That's true. But no, um, I understand that. Like you you feel like you have like a a hole missing. Like you're you're looking at around around it. Yeah. Everything and you it, have and you're like, okay, what do I have to be proud of? And yeah. You know, it's, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. It can be because you're hard on yourself, right? You're you're really right. hard on yourself. You see the things that your friends had, or in your case, like your teammates have, or your former teammates, or like right. um, you know, like what me and Ashley have, and that makes you exactly. probably long for um stuff. But I mean, I'll be honest, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, you're you're a really big crutch for us like you know the way that you help you're a big pillar so you need to not stop being so hard on yourself especially that, in man. dane I... county like dude it's so expensive 
You really need to That's think true. about it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think it's for me, and it's and then again, I'll I'll, I'll shut up and let you go on. I I um, you know, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've been real honest. I mean, to 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 people, I, I yearn. I yearned for success because um, I had such a major setback um, on my trajectory, on my path. And then obviously when I look in the NFL and I see, you know, Melvin Gordon balling out, I see Jonathan Taylor balling out, I see James White balling out. It's like, you know, it hurts me because I I gave that up for, for alcohol. And, and, and now I don't have alcohol, which I'm glad I don't have alcohol, but you see what I'm saying? I gave up my dream for alcohol and then I no longer have alcohol. So essentially I gave it up for no reason. Um, because I know for a fact a sober Monte in the NFL would still be playing. So it it uh it, that's my that's a huge stressor for me. I guess it's that that what if, that dwelling, something that I still gotta work on moving past. Uh but it's 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 a challenge, but I, but I'll get there. You guys, your guys' support helps me a lot. That's um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, you know, I talk about the Fringe every once in a while. It's one of my favorite TV shows, especially sci-fi. I really love sci-fi storytelling because it can be really creative and can make you really think about possibilities. Right. There's a line in that show that I think uh, I think about a lot when I think about what ifs. And that's you can't paralyze yourself with hypotheticals because if you do that, then you're really uh, not letting yourself move on, not letting yourself live up to your potential. So when I start thinking about – when I start thinking about – um, that's not the exact line. The, you can't paralyze yourself with hypotheticals uh, because you need to move on, I think, is the line. But, like, it, it really stuck with me, like – if I'm sitting there thinking about what ifs, if I'm sitting there thinking about like things that could have changed in my past, things like I'm not, I'm sober because I'm not proud of the things that I did in the past. I was not proud of the person I was. I was not proud of, um, the friend I was, the partner I was, all of the above. Um, you don't go sober because everything is good. You know, you go sober because there's a problem. That's if you do go sober because everything is good, good for you. Like, I don't, I don't know how that happens. That's amazing. Um, but if you start thinking, dwelling about all of that, you won't be able to make moves to set yourself up better for the future. So that's something to think about. I know it's, it's really hard. I mean, you're at, you're at a lot higher level than I ever was. Um, and it's just, it's only natural to think about what if. Yeah, same message, though. I mean, it's still relatable. You know, for everybody who made the decision to go sober, I think it's safe to say a majority of us who made that decision, we did some things just like you stated. We did some things in our past we're not proud of. Probably um, 99.9% of the people who are sober. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't want to repeat it. So I guess in a nutshell, um, you know, I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason. Um, it's cliche, but... You know, it's almost you, you got you kind of have to think that way because, uh, just like you stated, if I don't if I don't move on, if I don't allow for that to really be at rest, you not being in the NFL, then uh, I will remain paralyzed, um, figuratively speaking. 
So it's, uh, and I know that many people listening, um, well on past mistakes, we most definitely do. That's, it's unfortunate that it's human natural. nature. Yep. It's unfortunate that it's natural. And I think the best way to get over or, uh, to really help yourself to get over, you know, what you're dwelling on is for me, it was talking to somebody Man, those one-on-one counseling sessions, I'm telling you, man, there's something very powerful about, like I said, just walking into a room or even doing it virtually, dumping all your stressors, what's bothering you, your emotions onto somebody else and and leaving or signing out. Um, that really, really helped me out. And also that change of perspective really helped me out to understand that uh, no matter what the game of football was going to end, no matter what. So, yeah, it ended a little sooner for me, but it was going to end no matter what. So, just that change in change of perspective is really what's helping me out. Again, I'm not fully there yet. I will get there, but I can at least tap back into that little nugget that I learned. I mean, are, are we ever fully there? That's a really I don't good know. Point. I I don't know if it is. Um, Let's talk about let's talk about that actually because I think that that's a really good topic, RJ. And I gotta take my glass. That's a really good topic because, you know, I think about that too for people who just start their journey. There really isn't a finish line. No, you know what I'm saying, and that can be destabilizing for some. Like it's okay now I'm sober. Okay, I've been sober for a year now. Now what? Is this going to be it forever? I'm, I've like, been sober no- for a month. Is you know that's right. I'm good now. I can do it now. <laughs> like, there's no parade, no finish line. There's no first. There's no first place gold medal. Um, so I think that topic is 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 a really good one. And I'd love for you to kind of share more about that, man, because that's well, that's a good one. I mean, I'm. Seven years sober, and I just talked about still getting cravings, right? Like, um, my dad is 30 years sober. That's incredible. And uh, uh, he's approaching 30 years sober. He says that he still gets cravings every once in a while. Um, you know, we saw that that post from, was it Anthony Hopkins or was it, oh, no, it was uh, – uh, yep. Oh gosh. Oh man. I'm forgetting the name. Elton John. Elton John said if it wasn't for AA meetings being virtual, he would have gone back to, you know, his substances. So it doesn't ever go away. Doesn't it, does it get easier? Sure. Like you, you, you create different environments that won't, that'll help you not, fall back into what you did before, whether that be alcohol, cocaine, whatever. Like, right. you know, I feel like we have it easy because I shouldn't say easy. We have it easier because we are not recovering from like an opioid, you know, where it right. it's a physical, like super physical attraction, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm glad that I never got... Never got into those harder drugs. There were a few times where I was like, in college, I was like, you know what? I might as well try it once. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get addicted to it. Glad I never did because I was probably going to get yeah. addicted to it. But um, it's like, well, I just I just want to try it once, just that one time, just see what that feeling is. 
Um, yeah, that's it. You just, you create, you know, your, um, gosh, darn it. I'm, I'm struggling for words this morning, but you just, well, here you go. I'll, I'll chime in on that All question. Right. I'll give you a question. So when it, what do you mean by, you know, you know, creating your own social connections, creating your own environments. Now, RJ, say I'm a, say I'm 30 days in. And, you know, I, I haven't really been trying to reach out, create my social network um, of those who are sober. So so what 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 do you recommend as like, and again, I don't want to be interviewing you, but I think this is these are good nuggets for people. Like, what, how did you, what was your first step? For, well, for me, that- all right, for me, it was talking to my friends, my good friends, letting them know like, hey, I'm doing this, like. I can't handle it. The yeah. last, you know, two to three years, it was probably more than that, that I drank. I didn't drink a lot. Like, I'd go a month, maybe two without drinking. But every single time I drank, I blacked out. I drank until I blacked out. Um, that wasn't sustainable. I was going to end up dead, right? So I reached out to my friends and I told them, hey, I'm doing this. And I'm serious, like this is happening. It's I'm not doing it again, no matter what. And I had some really good friends who were like, I understand, I'll be there for you. Like, you know, you need to talk about it, talk about it. I also had a dad who went sober and he I think he was similar to me where he didn't drink a lot, but when he did, he drank it all. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, the reason that people go sober, it's your own personal reasons, right? Everybody's rock bottom's different. Everybody's look at themselves is different. Really, it's an, it's an introspective look. And sometimes it takes something serious in order right. for you to have that introspective look. Um, it's something, it's a, it's a decision that you make being sober. It's a decision you make for yourself. You might think you're doing it for your kids, you're doing it for your wife, you're doing it for your family. But if you don't do it for yourself, ultimately you're going to go back to it. That's when you fail. Like that's that's when I did it, right? Like I think uh, you know, I don't I don't even think I was 21. I went sober for 2 months and then I was like, "You know what? I'm good now. I haven't drank for 2 months. I'll be fine. I'll be able to uh drink some now and I won't drink all of it, but no, I, I went right back to it. Um, you know, that was, that should have been the start where I realized that I, I just can't make good decisions around alcohol. So, uh, yeah, I would say it was talking to my friends, them being understanding me laying out, like you can still drink around me like that. I have no issues with that, but I'm not going to, and if I start to feel the uh, need or the pressure, then I'm just going to leave. And mm-hmm. like I said, I've I've had really, really close friends and really good friends that I had somebody I could talk to about it, um, and they would actually listen. So I think that that's the first step is you have to be honest with your friends, family members. You got to find like those one or two people that you can talk to about it that aren't just going to ridicule you um i did have one friend that would 
ridicule me about it. Like, you, you know, you need to grow up. You need to stop, stop being a baby about it or whatever. You're, you just drink. You're, you'll be fine. And I just, approach of probably, he was probably annoyed of, yes, because he, he was probably like, oh, he's this righteous act. Yep. You know, and, and which is, uh, which that happens. That does happen, which that's obviously a direct reflection of their insecurity. Um, you know, when you are the sober one in the group, it, in a sense, it, it, it makes everybody else, it like forces them to have to self reflect. And sometimes that makes people uncomfortable. Um, because people will be like, oh, wait, am I drinking too much? Am I? Oh, man, I did do that crazy thing last week, but, you know, I was just drunk, so it doesn't matter. So people get feel uncomfortable <laughs> wow. with that. I mean, that's another good thing. When you meet new people and you're, they ask you what you want to drink and you tell them, oh, you don't want alcohol? No, I'm sober. Immediately, they'll come back with, oh, I don't I don't drink often. I'm just drinking because such and such. Yeah. Oh, I only pretty much drink on the weekends, and usually it's like one or two. Yeah. Every single time, people respond that way. It's like, dude, I don't care. I'm just telling you I'm, I'm sober. I didn't say you had to be sober. Right. It's a yeah, personal it's like, decision. I don't like walk them over. Yeah, you you can eat guacamole or me. I I don't like it, so I don't eat it. <laughs> it's I don't care how much guacamole is uh, delicious. No, so I mean it's it's. Uh, I think <sighs> I think when we when we sit here and when we talk about when we sit here and talk about uh, alcohol and stuff, I think it's uh, it, you know I want to bring up the topic, man. Of of so I'm I'm in the field of you know, mental health uh, in the field of recovery here in Wisconsin. And uh, and I see all the work that is going on in, Dan- well, just say in Dane County with uh, DHS, uh, Department of Human Services. And there is a significant, pu- I mean, for the last three to four years, there's been this huge push, this release of funds for opioids, obviously providing aid, providing more resources, providing um Education, more peer support this Education, exactly. Or, you know, the opioid crisis, and I honestly, I think that's good. I think that's brilliant. But I feel like there's not enough push. That same emergency packet or what have you package for alcohol. I don't think. I think we're missing the ball on alcohol. I, I know that the DHS here in Wisconsin has this small talks campaign and it's and it's a campaign to um educate our youth on the effects of underage drinking i think that is awesome but it's just, just started i think in the summer of last year maybe even in the fall i think we're really missing the ball or what have you here on on alcohol on the use of alcohol on the excessive use of alcohol on the accessibility of alcohol. Now with the accessibility part, I just saw on the news this past week. And again, I think it's due to the pandemic, but bars are bars, you know, small business owners are losing a lot of money because of the pandemic, that being bars. Well, the Tavern League here in Wisconsin is talking about allowing for bars to have takeout for alcohol. You heard it. Takeout alcohol now again the argument is okay what's the difference of that than obviously a liquor store okay true but this is wisconsin i just don't know if that's going to be handled well i don't 
allowing for people to walk into a bar, get a drink, like physically have one and walk out or pull up to the bar and they bring out your liquor to you in your car. I don't know how that's going to go over. So I guess all in all, what I'm getting at is I think we are really, really missing a significant amount of education for our youth, for our teenagers, et cetera, for our adults on the effects of alcoholism and uh, unfortunately how common it is, how it impacts, you know, the family household. So I really, man, want to hear your thoughts on, on your thoughts on that. Are you seeing a good amount of a push for, for the education in alcohol here in the state of Wisconsin? Well, knowing that this loves to drink. Thinking, I mean, I'm not even anywhere near that field, right? I don't, I don't have kids that are in school. I don't, I don't really, I'm not around that, but from my, so from my outsider perspective, no, like the, it's not just that we drink a lot of alcohol. It's that we drink a lot of alcohol is Wisconsin's pride. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a point of pride that you go to spring break and there's drinking competitions, but nobody from Wisconsin's allowed in it. Um, you know, it's a point of pride and that's, that's whether it's Florida Mississippi, Mexico, wherever, um, people are going, um, you know, it's a point of pride that you go somewhere from Wisconsin and people are like, well, I'm going to drink you under the table. And then next thing you know, Wisconsin is the only one standing. Like that's a point of pride that is pushed from like high school on. Like you start talking about it in high school and it's a point of pride in high school. And then you're like, I'm going to carry that on too. Um, I don't know how it's changed. I don't, I'm, my assumption is it hasn't that that's how it is for still for high schoolers across Wisconsin. So, I mean, there's, there's more accessibility to information than there was when I was in high school. I mean, yeah, we had the internet when I was in grade school and we had the internet when I was in high school, but it's just different from how the internet is now. Right. Absolutely. I think that's a good point, man. I think it's uh, when, when we talk about, we talk about the state of Wisconsin. Again, we don't want for people to misinterpret as if we don't love the state of Wisconsin. Um, there's many, 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 many great things about the state. But just when it comes to the use of alcohol, um, one of my goals, and then again, this is a beast that I'm going to be facing, but one of my goals is to, you know, I, I want to start to change the, the culture. And again, that's a monster that I'm facing. That's a lot of, that's a monster with a lot of history <laughs> in it, but um, start some campaigns of changing the culture around Wisconsin. Wisconsin has so many other great things than just to, just to brag about the excessive use of alcohol. Obviously, it's your Packers, Brewers, got Badgers. You've got many other great things with the state of Wisconsin, the the impact that cheese has had on the state, um, Culver's. Just how great of a you know landmark that is um, here in the state, but it's I feel like the way that af- alcohol is advertised here doesn't help. The way that it's sold, the way that it's pushed for selling, is is it's not beneficial for those who obviously are trying to remain sober. You know, from it, it's different here. It's a different culture. It's a different lifestyle. People know that, and I just. Just wonder where do you begin? Like where do you begin. Like, I mean, I'm seven years 
sober, been at my job for seven years, and every once in a while people still try to make me feel guilty for being sober. Um, it's usually the I'm same. Saying. It's usually the same people, but yeah, like um, I know there's a there's more than a a few guys that want to see what I'm like when I'm drunk, and I'm like, yeah, you guys would probably have fun, but I would probably feel really crappy about myself in the morning. Um, yeah, it's, it's changing, changing that culture is, that's going to take years. That's going to take generations. That's a, it's a generational thing. That's for right. sure. So it is, it is, I commend you for it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> Just thinking about my family, like, we never talked about the trappings of it, like, why my dad went sober. We never really talked about it other than uh, for his job, um, basically. Um, even now, I don't know if he really would be completely honest about why he went sober. Um, I don't know. I I went sober because it wasn't going to be sustainable for a family. Like, I was not going to stay faithful to my now wife. Like, that was a guarantee. Um, I was not going to be a good father to my kids. I was going to be – I couldn't be someone they could look up and be proud of. Like, that's what I want more than anything. That's what kind of drove me. That was my FOMO was people didn't like hanging out with me unless I was drunk or people didn't like – um I was never really accepted, so I'd get drunk and I'd overcompensate to get be accepted. Like I just never felt accepted. I never felt it was my low self esteem that was pushing it. So, and I mean, my self esteem is very fragile. Sometimes I'll have confidence. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I look back. Uh, not just sometimes. A lot of the times I look back on uh, decisions, even comments that I made back in eighth grade. Um, I remember conversations, things that I said, and I'm like, man, I'm a jerk, man. I, I am a POS man. I can't believe people still talk to me. Like, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's real. That's something that you have to come to terms with that everybody makes mistakes and it's okay. It's right. okay to, to, to accept that you made a mistake and grow. So that that's that's what we want to build, right? We want to be able to say we made a mistake and build off of it. Um and being naive that's another thing that you can you can try to turn it around, but you almost you have to want to see things uh, in order to see them and that you can't sometimes you can't do until you actually physically experience it, right? So Right. That's something else too. Yeah. So yeah. You know, trying to show people. I mean, those are all Yeah, I think those are all good reasons to to stop um my reasons. You know, I was just an arrogant ale when I would drink. Um loved the attention. I love it was just a bad, bad, just a bad person, bad lifestyle, terrible partner. Um just things that I needed to change. And, and and every time that I was in those situations where I was being a jerk, where I was doing things where I'm like, why I've never done that. Why would that, why did that happen? It was always when I was drunk. Uh, so you know, that's the reason why I had to put the bottle down and the reason why I'm going to stay away from it. And 
obviously having a support system helps me out now today. And it's just, again, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, like I said, we can go on forever and ever about, I guess, the reasons why we stopped. But I think, like you said, we got to continuously focus on how we are staying away from it, like providing yeah. reasons as to how we are staying away from it because it's everywhere. And that's kind of why I brought up the whole topic about Wisconsin is because of the way that it's advertised. It's There's no it's staying acceptable. away from it. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's acceptable here in this state. Not really acceptable. It's common in this state. Obviously, you know, without a pandemic, to walk into a bar and see a family with, you know, maybe two teenagers you know, sitting there next to their drunk parents, or maybe even having a drink with their parents. Um, that's not uncommon. That's acceptable. That's not just, it's not just yeah. common. That is acceptable. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's when you talk, when we sit here and when we talk about why the reasons why we stopped drinking, it's all about now, what are the reasons? How are we staying away from it? How are we minimizing the urges? How are we staying focused on, being excited for a sober future. I can understand how people who are sober are no longer excited. I can I understand how people who are sober today don't see a thrilling filled future. You know, because I mean we can get real scientific here with it. You know, obviously the use of alcohol or any sort of addiction in a sense is that reward system in your brain. So then it's like, okay, I'm putting that down. I know some people who are like, okay, like I, I feel as if I'm just going through the motions now with life. Oh, cool. You know, I got the motion. I was, yeah, I was, I was in that actually. I could talk about that. Like I hit autopilot yeah. uh, after my second son was born. I hit that yeah. autopilot hard for about six months. Like, you know, it got so bad that, um, Ashley, you know, my partner, like, was like, you're dragging me down with you. Like, things are not okay. You go to work, you come home, sometimes you make dinner, you put the kids to bed, and then that's it. And then you go to bed. Like, that's all you do. We don't talk. We don't have conversations. If we have a conversation, if we talk, it's about the kids. Like, that's it. This isn't a sustainable partnership. This isn't some a way to thrive. Right. You know, and, and when she brought that up, that's when I went to therapy. That's when I also like got treated for ADHD. Like it got to the point I couldn't think of common words, like because of all the stress I was under. Like I lost twenty pounds because of stress. Most nights I wasn't eating. Like, um, you know, it was basically I was taking care of the kids. I was taking care. I felt like I was taking care of her. And then I was going to bed and doing it all over again, and that was it. But I wasn't really taking care of her, and I wasn't really playing with the kids very much either. Like, so I, I was like just that, I doing. Like, I like I like this because that 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 is yeah. The autopilot is what you know. You have you just put a good title on that or a tag on that, which is what I was trying to you know, explain. And that's what it is. That autopilot mode. Oh, I got a new promotion. Great. Um, you know, bought a new car. Cool. Um, no, there's, there's, or attached to a drug and or alcohol. It's that, that high, that high that we're attached to. And obviously putting that down, how do you get excited anymore? 
So I guess, man, like for, for me, it's what makes me just as excited or thrilled as alcohol did. Um, for me, man, it's helping other people. Um, as selfish, same, as, same. Yeah, as selfish as it sounds, like I said, I'm just going to be real here. As selfish as this is going to sound, it, it, it's true. I want to see how many people I can personally help because it makes me feel better about myself. Um, it helps me to stay away from alcohol. And I almost want to keep like a sort of list, not of names, of course, but of how ways that I've helped people. Um, that's what that's where I get my high nowadays is. Monte Ball helping the homeless population. Monte Ball serving meals at you know you know a food pantry. Um, in a sense, I'm still receiving that attention, and again, I, I'm still working on why I need that attention. Some void that I'm trying to fill, but it's mutually beneficial. <laughs> it, it helps the people that I'm helping, and it, and it helps myself. Um, so I'm just going to really be honest right there. And I, I don't think I've ever shared that publicly, but it's, um, my reward system now is how many people can I help and to pat my own self on the back for it. And it sounds selfish, but I'm, you know, still working on it. I mean, it's, I'm still, I'm still helping people. So I guess what I'm getting at is for those who may be in autopilot right now, figure out, try to figure out why you were, you were using and what the best parts were when you were under the influence. Um, if you know what I'm saying, they're really on the best parts. But like for me, being drunk, I love the attention. I love the atmosphere and stuff like that. Well, I could still get that, obviously, serving people meals, the attention, all that stuff, um, helping people, giving back to the community. Um, I guess in a way, that self-reflection really helps me out. I guess what I'm getting at, I'm talking in circles here. Um, so I'll, I'll shut up. But I guess what I'm getting at is try to figure out how in a very healthy way, how you can replicate that high. Okay. Don't want that to come off as a misinterpretation. No, obviously not wanting for people to go use, but I'm trying to say like, we can get addicted to anything, sugar, um, new games, sex, gambling. Um, so what I'm getting at is try to figure out a healthy addiction. And right now is helping people. Um, yeah, I mean, the the biggest problem with addiction is when you can't balance things, right? So That's just make true. sure you also work on your balance. Like a lot of people are addicted to their That's work true. and they don't even realize it. And it's that, that work-life balance. So um, That's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you said you were going to shut up now. It reminded me of the story. I was giving the kids a bath last night and Siri was going off in my earbuds. So I yelled, shut up, Siri. And my partner's been, you know, trying to drill into them that shut up's a bad word. So my oldest goes, why you say that? Why? No, you say sorry, daddy. That's mean. You say sorry right now. So uh, I had to say sorry. Yeah. yeah, I had to sorry, Siri. Good job, daddy. Good job. So no, I'm that was glad, pretty funny. I'm really glad you mentioned that. I don't want people to misinterpret what I just stated. Yeah, they're... You have to find that healthy balance. Um, and I'm still working on that. Yeah. I'm still working on that healthy balance of, of, of work. And right now I'm in that phase of work, 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 
Um, and I got to, I got to find that healthy balance. So, yeah, I mean, that's something I'm adding into it is like, you know, trying to get stuff for this podcast done because we've been trying to work on the audio, trying to get this technology to work, teaching ourselves how to do it. I don't really know anybody. I can just text and ask questions and like FaceTime and stuff. So, um, trying to ask Google the right questions to get the answers that we need. Um, that helps a lot too. And then I also asked the question, uh, in this Facebook group that I joined, that's a bunch of podcasters and nobody understood what I was asking. So that was cool. But, uh, anyway, um, you know, one thing about the podcast that we ask you to do is, you know, go rate us and give us a review. And we got one and it, it was a pretty, it was an honest review. Um, but it was basically asking us questions and, um, I think the thing I didn't, they give us a three star out of five star rating. Like, yeah, that stinks. But at the same time, it, it is, it's your opinion, like whatever. But the questions that they were asking were a answered in previous pods and B, if you mm. want us to answer these questions, why aren't you contacting us the other ways that we ask you to ask us questions on? Like that's where I got kind of, uh, I got, I got a little stressed out about it. Like I've got a little irritated. I'm like, the more I thought about it, it's like, yeah why you're like, they basically explained sobriety to us. Like, Oh really? We had no idea. Like basically you think we're fake sober people. Like we don't know what that's like. (laughs) It's like, now I know what man mansplaining on the other end feels like. So, uh, (laughs) be honest, man, be honest, be honest. How did it make you feel? I was, you know what? At first I was mad about the rating, but then thinking about it, I was more mad about the content because I agreed with the content. Like that's why we're splitting the podcast up because of that. Like they had a really good point that we'd already addressed in a previous podcast. And in it, it said, I don't know. Maybe I missed a few episodes. Our episodes are numbered. Like you (laughs) reviewed this on episode 44. I, you don't know. Maybe you missed a few episodes. Like, yeah, like that. And then it's a weekly show, so we're not going to sit here and pound on the same. Like next week, we're not going to keep talking about the same topics that we talked about today. Maybe in ten right. episodes, we will. But it's we're trying to like right now we're focusing on sobriety a lot. <clears throat> and that's because we kind of yeah. let it get away from us in this show. But we also want it to be positive. Like you can't focus on your triggers. You can't focus on the depths that you were in and where you kind of dug yourself out of every single week and keep it positive. Um, so this is not, uh, we want reviews. Yeah. We, we, we want reviews. We want people to give us their honest opinions, but I just feel like the, uh, questions asked in this are really good questions that I wish would have been asked on an email on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know, we have a Reddit, we have a discord, any of these, ask us any question. We'll answer it. So I'm going to actually read the whole yeah, review here. Go ahead. Be honest, and then I'll read it. Oh, I'll be quick here. I'll be honest. Uh, again, yeah, we, we most definitely appreciate reviews. And, and the beauty about it is we are two rational individuals who understand that it's your opinion. Um, and we respect that. And at the end of the day, we respect you even putting, giving us a review. We, we appreciate that is what I'm saying. But for me, it, I, I just try to put myself in that individual's shoes. It would be very difficult for me to give three stars out of five to 
individuals who, no matter what, let's say if they're not even covering enough that you want them to recover, it's positivity. It's helping people um, stay on their recovery journey or trying to encourage people to get on their recovery journey. So it would be very difficult for me to give to give a below a four star. You know what I'm saying? Because I think I would still, at the end of the day, be like, okay, they may not be getting, they may still be on surface level, which I disagree with. But even if they were, I would still be like, okay, I'm still going to give them four stars, maybe even five, because no matter what, this is content that we need, that that this community needs. So I, 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 I'll be honest, I was a little upset, frustrated by it, but but at the end of the day, we most definitely appreciate the uh, the review. So I'll let you I'll let you read it, RJ. So it starts. The title is "Lacks Depth into Sobriety and Recovery." Like, sure, like our, our previous episodes had been there. We talked about that, but fi- <laughs> fi- find the two guys don't get get too deep into the sobriety and recovery aspect of their life. How it's affected aspects of their life: family, friends, relationships significant others, etc. Addiction affects people deep and getting to the depths would be an awesome asset. Might have missed an episode along the way. What are triggers? How do both guys reflect on themselves? Do you guys stop? Take steps back to look at yourself to ensure good choices as addicts can have cloudy judgment. As addicts can have cloudy judgment. Is there more than addiction at play? Depression, anxiety, bipolar, anger. How do you cope if more than addiction is at hand? Depression, anger issues, anxiety. More vulnerability would be an asset for listeners that that struggle with recovery. History of DV and anger and ownership of addiction. Do both guys view themselves as alcoholics? Why or why not? Has relapse been in the journey for either guy? If so, how was that handled? Feeling, thoughts, and mood after relapse. Do you speak openly about relapse or hide it? Go deeper. I think, let me let me touch on that real quick. I think that, again, we most definitely appreciate the, the, the feedback, but there are so many episodes out of the 44 or 45 that we have where I talked about hmm. DV. I talked about how alcohol made me. I talked about my stressors. I talked about when I was working in the hotels project, how stressed I was. Uh, I mean, we got very deep in a few episodes when I was working in the hotels project about my depression, about how I had to hop back into therapy, how I had to um, get on sertraline because of my depression. I most definitely mentioned that. Um, so we just encourage that individual who left that review to just please just date back to some of our um, earlier episodes. I mean, I wouldn't even say we're talking probably in the twenties, right? In the twenties yeah. and twenty-five <clears throat> of, of our episodes, are we've covered a great amount of that, actually. And those are great questions. Like I said, I, w- yeah. I would answer all of them all over again. Um, I just wish that they were put in you know, a different format, I guess. Uh, not not the greatest way to reach us. Word. You don't use what? The word addicts anymore. Um, that is a really um, 
that has a real negative connotation to it. It's uh, most a derogatory term in a sense nowadays in the mental uh, health field and DSW. Um, the word "attic" um, just has that "attic" like <laughs> kind of connotation to it. But but again, criticism is going to come. Um, obviously, you have to understand that if you're getting into this field of podcasting. It's just. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen to all of our episodes. <laughs> and going forward, we'll read all the reviews that we get on air too. Um, so people yeah. know. And then usually I'll include the uh, um, the username too. So, you know, if you want to get shout out, let, you know, we, we'll shout out you if you ask a question on Facebook. Ask us a question anywhere about anything. We'll answer it. Uh, some of this stuff we'll dive back into, but you know, we're an hour in and it's been a really heavy show. We like to end with something a little bit light. So let's talk about one of the things that you and I use as stress relief now that I think both of us have have been using a while, but we've kind of fallen back on it a little bit harder. And that would be, uh, video games. And, uh, you know, you had to start a a certain game over again, Mons. You've been playing it a little bit. What uh? What do you got? I'll tell you. I'll be. I'll be really honest here. Um, I should have beat God of War. That's the shirt that he's wearing. Uh, I should have beat God of War long ago. I've been dragging my feet with it because it took me a while to kind of detach emotionally, which I don't think it ever will happen. But from Last of Us, again, um, I won't go down that path again. But you know, when I spoke about the Last of Us, it had lasting effects on me. That's just how great of a story it is. God of War, I've really been putting some time into it. Um, well, I've really been getting into it uh, emotionally. And I'll tell you what, I can already see that it's, it's going to be a, a great game because the combos that you can use are, I'm talking, just pretty sweet. And I'm Limitless. Not in, you guys. <laughs> yeah, the combos that you can use are awesome. I like the creatures that you fight, and again, I haven't really gotten to a real, real boss yet. But um, yeah, I like I like I like video games nowadays because I like platforms that you can play video games on to stream. I love streaming. I love talking to people while I'm playing video games. I love that community. Um, I think right now in today's world, any sort of positivity is what we're all yearning for. We're so polarized. So I think video games have made a huge jump in that the last three to five years with with Twitch and everything coming out to create those communities of of people who all just doesn't matter if you're Republican, doesn't matter if you're Democrat, independent, white, black, Mexican, Latino, whatever. It doesn't matter when it comes to a community of people who love video games. And you really see that when you when you look at uh, Comic-Con. We look at all that stuff. You have people from all different types, walks of life, and it doesn't matter. It's all about the same love for a video game, the same love for the genre of video game, the same love for the community. And I think that's just what I love about video games today. And I think that really helps me as well. Um, what about yourself? I, uh, the stories, the, the stories, the, the, you know, being able to tell real stories, being able to use fictional characters to tell, to make you feel emotions, to, you know, being able to, it's just so in depth. You, you can make yourself, they can make 
developers, uh, whoever makes video games, they can make the, the player feel so connected to a character that you feel everything that happens to them. So, um, but then also it's a great, like you said, social space. So like, that's how I keep up with, uh, you know, friends from high school that we live all over the country now, mostly around the state, but we do have some friends that, you know, live in other parts of the country and that's an easy way to get on. Everybody talk, talk about what's going on, talk about your life and then just have some fun while you're doing it, do something. And it's a relatively inexpensive hobby too. Um, so yeah, just God of War. I can't wait for you to get into that story. Like I said, that, that game made me a better parent, made me, um, it just, it makes you, it makes you think, it makes you understand that all your actions have consequences based on your kids' reactions or what they think about going on later or, uh, your relationship period with them. So that's, that's why that game hit me so hard. So, and it, I mean, I play, I think we'll, re- I was gonna say, I played it like right after my oldest was born too. So that probably had a little bit to do with it being a new dad, but true. <clears throat> Uh, it, True. Watching you play it, uh, I'm definitely gonna be playing that game in the next, probably after I finish the Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, God, I love that game too. It's so cool, but uh, just like the possibilities being endless. Um, yeah, that's that's why I enjoy video games. But you know, we played uh, a game we used to play all the time that we kind of put down. Now we picked it back up. That's uh, Rainbow Six. Gosh, that game is so good, and we are not anywhere near as bad as we thought we were. So, but we've been playing. We haven't been playing ranked. We we've only been playing casual, so that helps. But uh, we don't take it too serious either, like we used to, like two or three years ago. So that helps. I'm understanding. I'm just bad at video games now because I don't have the time to put into them to be good. Mm. I think kind of what we're what we're getting at here is because obviously you know some people don't like video games. Or don't have that connection that we speak about. So I think what we're kind of getting at is you got to find something. You have to. And that's that's the responsibility on yourself. Um, we can sit here and say video games help us, movies. I love stories as well. Um, we can name off many other things. But I think at the end of the day, there's got to be some responsibility on the recovery. And that responsibility is you have to find something. You have to. You, you have to find a hobby. You, you have to um, can't you can't just you can't just believe that you know you're good and you don't need anything else to lean on you don't need a, um, a health some sort of healthy medium to to distract you from the stressors in your life um, you have to find something you do um, and ours is obviously video games movies music for um <clears throat> And uh, and 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 reading. So I'm 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 just trying to really put that out there for for our listeners. Where you gotta you have to find something. You have to try a bunch of different new things if you need to. But when I say try uh, trying to find something, it's for me. It's I try to think back on things that made me feel joyful when I was a kid. Because when you were a kid, that bliss that you felt that. Obviously, lose that when we get older because of bills, <laughs> bills, taxes, uh, work. Well, I mean, um, time too, right? Like you have a better understanding okay. of time, so then it just starts. To, that's our when you understand that time is our greatest resource and it's our most limited. 
That's when so things true. get start to get more stressful. Right. So I try to think back on that's that's a really good point actually. I try to think back Darn on, it, like, I just blew me? your mind. Now it's melted. I see it kind of so, coming out your nose there. Like what made me feel just in complete a state of bliss when I was a kid. That was rolling up to my friend's house on a bike, seeing my other friend's bikes in the yard, knowing that they're all inside or in the backyard, maybe playing football in the backyard, but majority of the time inside playing Super Smash Brothers or something like it. And so obviously people have their own different memories of, of how they got to that state of complete bliss when they were younger. But for me, it was video games, so that's why today it's that same community that I love when I play video games. When I talk to people and stuff. It kind of taps me back into my childhood in a sense, to where you can just block out, got all the outside noise. You focus on the game, who you're chatting with, and all the you know the jokes, the laughing goes along with it while you're playing. Also, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> um. One, you know, one thing that I've absolutely loved is takes me back to my childhood. I got both my kids into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When the theme song comes on, they start dancing. It's awesome. Um, my oldest will ask for it now. My youngest, who only says about 20 words, one of them is turtles. And when he says it, he means Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's cool. I just like oh, to gosh. shout that out. It's awesome. But poisoning them already. With that garbage, just because you're jealous. Teenage Mutant. We never. She and I never, never got into Teenage Mutant. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Obviously, it's a great. It's. Uh, I can't wait to show them the comics. Or what have you? Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, man. You got to find something. You have to find that medium, whether it's listening to podcasts, whether it's making music or listening to music, reading playing a guitar or, or you have you have to find something digging um get a metal detector and, and try to go find coins um there's, you have to find something you do coming with the old man the old man stuff um <laughs> you gotta find it in, you gotta because that reward system yeah you have to figure out to reward your brain get that same you may not get the same but something similar you have to figure it out what um, what shows or movie have you watched besides Wonder Woman 1984, which instantly shot up in your top five? What other movies have you enjoyed so much lately? I, I just want everybody to know, or TV shows. Mons came over, and he's like, you know what? I really want you to turn on Wonder Woman 1984 here. You got to watch it, man. This This movie is kicking. It slaps. Nope, 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 nope. Worse movie. I think Battlefield Earth is better than that movie. Uh, you forgot really a T do. in there. <laughs> oh, geez, I did. I spelled it. <laughs> so, okay, what, what movie or TV show have you recently oh. watched that uh, you know, you've been okay. super enjoying? Anything? Uh, actually, yeah, and this more embarrassing than me just misspelling a word right there. Um, oh god you're gonna go there watching vampire diaries (laughs) but listen but listen 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 
Yeah, it's you know what you're getting when you jump into. I liked Teen Wolf, and then yeah, it's that cheesy kind of tween TV show. You know, they're in high school. It's a love story. It's over dramatic, the melodrama. But if you get past that stuff, and again, we we love stories. I'm I'm, I'm capable of looking past the cheesiness and, and and following the plot, the story. Vampire Diaries is a really good show because obviously it's about vampires. Obviously, it's a love story. It's it's the typical, you know, the girl who's not a vampire loving a vampire, figuring out there's more vampires, all that crap. So it's, uh, it's awesome because so it's True Blood identical. Um, seriously, but uh, what what I love about it though too is they how they intertwine or bring in that intersectionality with the real world, with real life. Um, you know, things that people face, and that being addiction. One of the vampires right now, and I'm not, no spoilers, but, you know, one of the vampires, oh, he hasn't had human blood in forever. And he had to taste human blood in order to heal, or he was about to die. So one of the characters had to give him her blood so that he wouldn't die. And now he's back hooked to human blood. He's trying to hide it. And he when he walks around town and when he goes near her, you can tell if he's using or not. That's kind of how they did that. He, he, he will have some of the signs of someone who's going through withdrawals, human blood. And but long story short, I just liked how they kind of brought that into real world issues. And I think issues, but things that people deal with. Um, that's, a, that's a story that I like. It's like, oh, wow, how is this vampire going to stay away from human blood? Um, so it's it's just that intersectionality, that intersection that I like. You should watch what we do in the shadows. I heard it's hilarious. So I haven't watched it yet. May hopefully I'll be able to get some free time that I'll be able to. But uh, I've heard really Absolutely. good things about what we do in the shadows. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a TV show that started watching i don't think i really well, have any or even movies we haven't really watched much um i've been watching got ashley into demon slayer which is an anime that's really really good a really really awesome you know quick 20 minute episodes that uh yeah that's it that's a really good one and ashley's super picky so if she likes it like you know it's it's solid so that's that's a good show. We started. Hmm, what were we? We were trying to start the Haunting of Blight Manor, but my kids wouldn't stop like watching that. the watching the TV show, or start stop watching the TV and watch their tablets. So we had to turn it off. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have much. Um, I watched Shaun of the Dead again recently, and that movie is still incredible. Love that movie. So funny! It's so funny. If you don't find that funny, you, you don't have a sense that. of humor. You only love that movie because Bill Murray's in it. Shaun of the Dead. He is not in Shaun of the is Dead. In there? It's a British what comedy. Movie, what, it was Zombie Zom- he was in um, Zombieland, and that movie's hilarious. Ah, Before Bill Murray up. shows yeah, up, okay. that movie's hilarious. I fr- I got it mixed up. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, that's. I don't have. I don't. There, there. I feel like that there is like WandaVision just came out. I haven't watched that yet. Um, 
you know, I'll watch it eventually. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have much right now, unfortunately. I just haven't, I've been focused kind of on getting this ready, which I got to get some more yeah. stuff going for it, which, but I kind of got the audio figured out. Um, got to clean the house because you clean it in 45 minutes, it needs to be cleaned again, but it needs to be cleaned again. I just got you give, you so give much stuff going minutes? on. Yeah, I mean, on a good day, depending on what's on TV. About 15 you, to 20 minutes. Usually they follow right behind pulling the pulling stuff out that you just put away. So No, but that's for new movies. I think we're just waiting for HBO Max, huh? I got it's, HBO uh, Max. Nice to release all those movies. Oh, that you're that saying movie? those to come out? Yeah. Yeah. Brothers. Right. I'm trying to I don't know what movies are coming because I've not really been following them because I'm not going to the movie theater. Uh what movies are on their way coming out that I want I'm looking forward to. I just don't know. Like Wonder Woman yeah, was one of them. But obviously that didn't work out. I'm going to watch it. It's just a matter of Terrible. I got to have time. So right now with the NFL playoffs and uh you know basketball heating up both college and pros, I'm kind of watching that a little bit. Baseball's heating up. I got I got to find time. And then, you know, video games too. Like the game I'm playing right now is probably going to take me close to 100 hours to beat. Probably 35 in, I bet. All right, let me let me name off these movies just real quick. Um okay, we got uh-oh. Just real quick, scroll back at the top, we got Dune. Yep, Dune, Matrix 4, um, John, I think John Wick, the next one, 4, I think, uh, The Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, that looks good. Uh, it's Tom and Jerry, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay, Andre, okay. Yeah, Space Jam with, obviously, LeBron. We'll Suicide see. Squad. No, thank you. Right. Although, do you know who's directing the Suicide Squad? Ooh, Mortal Kombat too. Uh, I do not actually. James Gunn. What's you know who that who? is? James Gunn. He did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, okay, I like. I actually liked those movies. Exactly. Those so, if, if anybody voice. can get those obscure characters brought to like, right. you know, prominence. I feel like there's a chance he could do it, but it depends on how much studio interference there is. Because I, unlike you, I enjoyed the Harley Quinn movie. Like, there were some fun parts to that movie that I enjoyed, but I know you See, hated it. There was, because for me, I was, I mean, I, it's better I, than Batman not, versus Superman. But it's not. There's, there's way too many bells and whistles. And then once you get past those, the smoke and mirrors, it's like, okay, let's get down to the plot here. It was a very, Poorly written plot. Let's be honest there. A little girl swallows a diamond. That's the plot of the movie. And people are chasing the little girl. Now, again, yeah, there are even, there are simple plots out there. But if you go with the simple plot, like, what was it? Like, uh, I've actually never seen the movie, but Pulp Fiction. Was it all about what's in the briefcase? No. 
Yeah, I, I gotta watch that movie. But very simple. You can that, have simple. Are you serious? You think that's all that movie was about? That's a very complex yeah. movie. Like there is basically no plot. I mean, I know movie. it's a complex. It's like it's like a it's, bunch of short stories that all add up together. That's why everybody liked it. Like there really was like no that, plot in that movie. Like that movie Crash, which there's a plot in Crash, but. Kind of, kind of intersect. In yeah. But anyways, that Harley Quinn movie. What was it called? Uh, Birds of Prey. Oh my yeah. gosh! And that's the glorious was. emancipation of one Harley Quinn or something like that. Here's the thing: no one cares about Harley Quinn when she's not with the Joker. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. That's all I'm saying. There's I enjoyed such it. Such a body woman body. power. Who would care about Clyde? Without Bonnie, who would care about Bonnie without Clyde? Who would care about the? I mean, the Joker obviously could stand alone as he has been, but I'm sorry, Harley Quinn doesn't have much of a fan base. To and I'm not saying this in a sexist way. This is just a, in my opinion, a fact. I mean, I, who cares about Harley Quinn outside of? There's a show on HBO Max called Harley Quinn that is supposed to be hilarious, and it's a it's a it's a cartoon, so animation. In it's order for to them good. to continuously, right? For, I think in order for them to continuously make movies of Harley Quinn, they need to really dive into how and why she fell in love with the Joker. If they can pull some psychology into it, kind of like how they did with the movie Joker, which I, I'm drawing a blank on who wrote that, but pull that psychology aspect into it. Like, how did this woman fall in love with? A sociopath, murderous thug. Explain that to me. <laughs> Explain that to me. Explain the, show me how she was, show me that mental struggle, that mental tug of war that she was going through when she was in Arkham Asylum, providing him with therapy or what have you. Show me that. Because obviously her, her heart, you know, I'm sure there was that tug of war. Oh, my God. You know, I think I'm falling for him. No, I can't fall for him because I don't, you know, he, he murders people. He's a sociopath who murders people. He, he has no feelings except all that, whatever. Show me that. Give us a foundation of Harley Quinn. Then I will respect these Harley Quinn movies. There's no give me a backstory. If you can provide that for me, then it's like, OK. And obviously, I can probably find those in the comics. But show me that on screen of how this woman fell in love with the Joker, then I think we'll have a story. But Birds of Prey was just... just this. This. Her getting this kid because the kid swallowed the diamond and, and there's there's no story. Spoiler alert. Well, thank you for that in-depth... <laughs> Look and uh, how you feel about Harley Quinn. All right, where, think, can, where can they find you, Mons? Yes, yeah, <laughs> I do not want people to think that it's such a misogynistic viewpoint because it's not. Uh, it is not. Too I, bad people already not. thought that, so they're coming for you. Yeah, that's part that's going to be annoying. But anyways, you guys can find me at Monte Ball twenty eight on Twitter, Instagram Monte Ball as well. Our untapped cake pages on all social media platforms. Message us. You know, if you have questions, um, you know, please 
email them to us or message us, um, uh, and we will answer them and give you a shout out. RJ, where can they find you? You can find me at it's trickster itz the one the i is the one in trickster. Um, you know, on tapkeg.com. We gotta we gotta update our um, <clears throat> our website a little bit. We got some more pictures we're gonna throw up. Probably we're gonna take some more pictures. Uh, maybe some videos. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. We got Reddit. We got Discord. All Untapped Keg. Find us anywhere. Untapped Keg at Google or at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, there's a link on the website that you can click on. There's a link on the Facebook page if you want to email us. Send us a message on Facebook. You know, anything. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes, on um, Stitcher or on all podcast services. You look us up, you'll find us. Um, I spent a lot of time to try to ensure that. Look for Untapped Keg Sports, which is coming out on Fridays. Should have a by next week. We should have a new feed for that as well. So those will be posted in that feed, and then Untapped Keg will be this show. So um, we'll look for some more positivity next week too. But I really enjoyed deep diving into uh, you know sobriety and and. Yeah. That's the whole point of us doing this. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And hit us up with any questions, even if you don't want it, if you just want a one-on-one. You know, we had that – we had Corey reach out a couple weeks ago, and we gave him a call and had a conversation with him. That was awesome. So, um, we're you know, we're willing to do that. So one thing we did last show, going to continue it here. I'm going to shout out – you know, feet, Commander Root, Casino Thanks, Brock underscore twenty four, A ten, another TV viewer, Abbott Costello. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, any questions? You know, hit us up. And uh, everybody, let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. Because at least if we failed, we're trying. So you have a good week. We will also try to have a good week. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do that thing. See ya. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.